Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. Welcome back to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. Um, so just by way of explanation, why it's been forever since we've last had an episode, and why this one's just a minisode. So we were planning on having a full episode coming up, and we will have that again, I think, uh, hopefully soon, but who knows how long, really, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Adam's gotten sick, which is obviously pretty scary, uh, given what's going on with the world right now. And, well, we think he's going to be okay in the in the long run, and he's well enough to, you know, edit and post this mini-sode, so... It's not too terribly bad. Um, but, you know, he's in our thoughts and our prayers, and we hope that he continues to get better. And uh, thank you for all of your, your kind words and uh, support. Um, I, on the meantime, have just been doing other things. I don't really have a good excuse, but doing this mini-sode now, so hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Um, so what I want to talk about in this in this episode is... Well, control in a way. And we've talked about deck control before. Um, Deck control is, right, it's the most important kind of control, I would say, in Dominion. Um, The main things for deck control are drawing cards, getting plus action, uh, you know, villages, um, thinning. Um, There's other things, you know, sifting and various things moving cards from one zone to another. Those are all part of deck control, right? Um, but it, it deck control helps determine how many cards you can play in a turn, um, and that helps to govern, you know, how good of a turn you can have and a lot of other stuff, right? Um, and that's, you know, very important and one of the most important things in Dominion, and, and I think it's got to be the most important kind of control in general. Um, and then the flip side of that that we usually talk about is payload, which is, you know, kind of everything else. Um, but when we say everything else, it's like the attacks that you can attack your opponent with, the money that you can generate, the gains you can generate, the buys, stuff like that, right? So that's, you know, deck control, and then it, it's flip side, it's it's companion pieces, is payload, and we've talked about that before. It's not what I want to talk about today. Uh, another kind of control, which we haven't really talked about in depth, although we've touched on it, I think, a bit, is pile control. Pile control is about, uh, well, it's mostly about how many gains you have. It's it's a part of payload, but it's mostly about how many gains you have and what you can gain in a given turn. And it has to do with endgame positioning and threatening pileouts and, and things like that. Um, that can be important in a lot of cases, I could open a whole can of worms about that, but that's another episode. Um, I think we we probably will have an episode on it at some point. Um, I don't want to go into too much depth on it now, but anyway. Yeah, um, but what I want to talk today is, is not that either. It's a third kind of control, and it's a third aspect of things besides deck control and, and payload. That's a third thing on both these axes, I guess you could say. And that's what I want to call point control. Um... You might also call this, like, leveraging a point lead. Um, So points are important, uh, which people often would not tell you. But obviously, like, to win a game of Dominion, at some point, well, either your opponent's going to resign, or at some point you're going to have to have more points than your opponent. Um, 
it, it's got to happen. So points are, you know, always eventually at least going to end up coming to be important. But you might think, well, gee, Wondering Winder. Wondering Winder? Wow, I mispronounced my own screen name. G Wandering Winder, how is this control at all? You're scoring points, but but how is that control? And I'm glad you asked, Wandering Winder. You're so smart and clever and handsome and, of course, humble. Um, it's not about controlling your deck. It's not about controlling piles. It's about controlling the game. And controlling piles is also a different kind of controlling the game. But the easiest way to think about point control, I think, uh, is if we start from the end, right? If I have a points lead, you can't gain the last province because you'll just lose, right? Uh, you know, I have a big enough points lead, I guess is, is important to say. So you have to do something else, right? I've controlled what you can do. I've limited your options because you can't do this thing. You can't get province or I'm just, I just win the game, right? So I'm controlling um, by making a threat. And you can see that there's really parallels here with pile control, and they're really kind of two sides of the, of the same coin, right? You're limiting your opponent's options by actively doing something to propel yourself, right? And in the case of point control, the, the thing you're actively doing to propel yourself is scoring points. Uh, something that's important to know in all kinds of point control situations, and something which actually in a lot of cases... I think it's worth noting, even at the beginning of the game, if it, even if it's not necessarily going to make a big impact early on in the game, which it often won't, but something which is worth noting is figuring out what are all the different ways to score points on this board, right? Um, is it just province, duchy, and estate? No, it's never just province, duchy, and estate. Curses are always available. Booyah! Edge-cased! Uh, but if it's just the basic things, um, right, that's some amount of limitation, right? Uh, if there's also a stack of tunnels, then that's not that different, but there's a little bit more points, right? If there's something like castles, this is a huge, another big wellspring of points. Um, and there's all kinds of options, right? Vineyards can be a, a massive s source of points, uh, VP chips are often unbounded points, like Monument. You can score infinite points off Monument given enough time. Uh, goons. Uh, goons is actually limited because you have to buy cards, right? Um, usually it's limited. Uh, Bishop, unlimited, right? Lots of the VP chip uh, generation stuff is, is unlimited, right? You can, you can score unlimited number of, of points given enough time. And a lot of the stuff that is limited, like with goons it's technically it's limited but it's a ton of points right so it's more or less effectively unlimited it's it's going to given enough time you're definitely going to outscore whatever finite other point sources are available right so it's important to to realize in a lot of cases which kinds of these points are available and then also how accessible they are right okay well there's technically tunnels here, but I only have one gain per turn, so the tunnels being here, okay, it makes more of a difference than estates being here, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't make that big of a deal, whereas with, like, goons, the points are pretty accessible in that you just need to be able to buy cards and play multiple goons and, and that kind of thing, right? So the accessibility of, of, of those points is um, 
important, and that's often determined by uh, what kinds of gains you can get in a turn. Um, but partially also not just in a turn, partially more generally, right? If technically I can, in a turn, score 14 points because I can buy a province and workshop eight estates, well, that's great for one turn I can score 14 points, but it's not really a realistic thing, and it's not a realistic thing to be doing, you know, across multiple turns, right? Like, even if I have a million king's courts and draw cards, I can do that once, and then the estates are gone, right? So so over the long haul, that's that's not going to be a big reservoir of points. It's, it's something, right? The ability to get eight estates in one turn is different than if there was no extra gains at all. Um... And this is like pretty far afield and pretty esoteric and probably won't come up in a game. But understanding that that's an available option is sometimes important because sometimes what you're going to try to do is take a points lead and ride the points lead out. And if your opponent can burst their comeback with eight estates out of their 5,000 king's courts, then that affects what you need to be doing uh, if you were trying to take that big point points lead and just hold on, right? So their ability to score points is important for that. The other thing to note is that, well, when does point control come up? And this has to do with how you want to score in Dominion, how you want to decide to score, um, and particularly if it's greening, right? Um, but sometimes, and to some extent, even with, with kind of all scoring. But let's imagine, let's imagine you're turning for green, right? I've decided I'm going to start buying victory cards, right? When do you decide to do that? Well, there, there might be a few reasons. One, one reason might be, if I don't score victory points now, my opponent might pile out on me and win on their turn, right? The game is just too close to being over. I need to score some points. That's, that's uh, very relevant in, in pile control kinds of situations, and uh, I'm sure we'll cover that when we talk about pile control. Points are, are important in pile control situations as well, in most cases. So that's an important aspect there, and that might be a reason that you start to green, you start to score, because the game is very close to being over. Um, but that's not the only reason you might start to, to green. Um, another reason you might want to start to score is you're basically saying, okay, I could start to score now, and if I do that, my opponent's never going to be able to catch up, right? Like, I'm going to take two provinces now, and I'm just going to keep scoring, and you will never, ever catch up to me. Um, and that's that's the concept behind point control. Now, in order for that to be the case, um, you need to be able to cover any way that your opponent might catch up to you, right? I'm getting two provinces now. You not you need to be able to, A, not only cover, well, what if my opponent starts provincing back against me, but you also need to cover, what if my opponent ignores provinces and goes for vineyards? What if my opponent ignores provinces and goes for Duchy Duke, goes for gardens, goes for whatever it might be, right? And this is why it's important to have a sense of what are all the different ways that you can score points. Because usually it comes, usually, usually, there does come a point in the game uh, where you can actually go ahead and say, okay, I'm just going to start scoring now, and if you don't score back, I'm just going to be able to keep scoring and you're never going to catch up to me. 
that is something which usually happens. Now, you need to build sufficiently beforehand. I'm not saying you should do this on turn three or something, right? But there is some point in a game where you've built sufficiently where it's like, okay, it's time. I'm going to start scoring now. This comes up in a lot of games. In fact, I, I, I think it comes up in most games, but regardless, it's certainly a significant percentage of the time, right? Now, when that is, is not clear and it's not easy and I'm not going to have a simple answer for you to say, here's exactly when you should start greening because it's just, it's too complicated and situational and dependent on what's on the board, what's in your deck, what's in your opponent's deck, that kind of thing. All of those different things play impacts and there's just a lot of stuff going on, but hopefully I'm going to be able to give you some tools to be able to think about and figure out what you need to be considering when you're trying to make that decision. So, um, the first thing and the first rule of thumb is the more points are available, and especially the more accessible they are, but even if they're just available, the more typically you're going to want to build before you start greening. For instance, let's say there's, there's castles and provinces, and that's about it, and you're more or less gain-limited um, maybe you can get a couple gains, but it's not pleasant or easy to get extra gains, right? Um, you're more or less gain limited. Well, the, the, the castle pile being another big source of points on top of just the province pile, already, even if you're just one by a turn, already makes you play differently and makes you want to build more than if there were just provinces, because if there were just provinces, I'm going to get provinces to try to stop you from out-provincing me and ending the game that way. Um, but because I need to start early enough to stop you from out-provincing me, then um, if you don't also match me for provinces, then you could just go after castles. My deck is going to stall out because I went for provinces so fast and I can get to like five of them and then limp to a sixth and maybe eventually limp to a seventh but I'm going to have a hard time getting to an eighth, right? Whereas if you've built more then you can go after castles finish off all those castles and then come back for the last province and win or something like that, right? So automatically just if there's another big source of points you you need to typically build a little bit more. Um, it's not a hard and fast rule. There's going to be exceptions. I'm not trying to say it's a hard and fast rule. It's a rule of thumb, right? Um, but it goes even more so if uh, there's extra gains. Um, if you can, in these cases, you want to be building towards uh, being able to access multiple different, right? If there's multiple different sources of lots and lots of points, provinces as a source of a lot of points. If there's more than one thing like that, you know, castles might be, it could be vineyard, could be, could be a lot of things, right? Um, if there's more than one source like that, you often, if you can, want to build in such a way that you're not hard committing to, well, I'm going to score with provinces. And you're also not hard committing to, well, I'm going to score with castles. And you're not hard committing to, well, I'm going to score with vineyards. You're not hard committing to any of these things in a lot of cases um, because if you can give yourself flexibility then you can switch to whichever one 
is most advantageous to you depending on what your opponent does, right? This is kind of the flip side of playing against point control, right? If I'm playing point control and I'm like, I'm going to start barreling down these provinces, then my opponent can adjust, right? I need to be able to, in order to have point control, I, as the player who's taking the points lead, need to be able to cover any way my opponent might try to outscore me. I need to be able to cover any of them. I need to be able to cover all of them, right? So um, it could be that they try to out-province me, right? I need to be able to cover that, right? I need to be able to have a plan to defeat that. If there's a stack of castles, I need a plan to defeat if they go for castles instead. If there's a stack of vineyard, I need a plan to defeat if they go for vineyard instead, right? And it doesn't have to be the same plan for everything. You just need to have a plan that you can play into that will work by the time they have to commit to one or the other of those things. So it's really advantageous then to be able to be flexible because if I haven't committed to any of those things, right, then my opponent who's trying to play with point control uh, is going to have a hard time trying to cover all of them, right? If I if I go for, if, if they go too hard on provinces, they're going to flounder in being able to end the game and, and my alternate source of points is going to come out. If they don't go hard enough on provinces, then I can just out-province them, right? And so it, it's going to be hard times if you're not flexible. So that's the first big thing is you typically want to build more. You typically want to be more flexible, especially the more big sources of points there are. Now, having said that, sometimes, just like some source of points is way, way more um, valuable than all the other sources of points uh, to the extent that it kind of obsoletes them, right? Um, to some extent, on the board where it's just province, duchy, estate, curse, duchy, uh, province is way more, <clears throat> excuse me, way more efficient than duchies. It's not quite prohibitive in all the cases, but it's, it's like quite a bit more efficient. When you add colonies in, colonies tend to be more uh, point efficient still, right? So it's hard to fight off colonies by going for like silk roads. It's not; it's just not as big of a stack of points. So, so bear that in mind, right? As well, or you know, baths. Okay, baths is more points, but it's not going to stand up against provinces, right? Even though it is technically more points on the board. Um. So, so be aware of that. Um, now, there's a few different ways that, that point control might set itself up. One is you take a big lead and you're just going to ride that lead and hold that lead, right? So the most classical way of this is I'm just going to get more provinces than you. I'm going to keep getting provinces. You're not going to be able to outscore me. Well, this can work sometimes. Uh, if you can get enough provinces and if the other options for scoring points aren't good enough, then the province plan of just taking the big lead, maybe a very big lead, and holding on to it can work. You need to be cognizant of all the ways that your opponents might be able to score points. So in some cases, if there really aren't other ways to score points, then taking the big lead is going to be, I'm going to get four provinces, maybe five provinces, and start duchying fairly aggressively. Because in order to come back, if all that's there is province, duchy, estate, curse, in order to come back, you're going to have to, if I've already got more provinces than you, you're going to have to out-duchy me significantly. So getting duchies is, is advantageous to me. It scores 
points and it scores chip points and those chip points are going to matter and it's going to make it harder for you to get you know enough duchies to outscore me but in other cases that might not be true right in other cases okay maybe province is the most efficient source of points but there's our there's also i don't know silk roads here there's also gardens here something like that right not as efficient as province generally but you know given enough time and if you get enough of those silk roads or if you get enough of those gardens and enough of those smaller things you are going to outscore the player who who's gotten provinces right if they can get an, if you can get enough of this of the littler thing you will outscore in that case right if your plan is to get a, a lot of gardens and just get a ton of cards right i might need to empty the provinces or if your plan is to play say four or five monuments a turn every turn and you're just not going to touch provinces because you're too far behind i need to probably empty the provinces rather than get a duchy right if i get a duchy that lengthens the game that gives you more time to score your four or five points a turn for monuments and yeah it it doesn't help me with my way to cover your plan of i'm going to score four or five points eventually per turn with monuments right that plan will win in the long 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 game so in order to cover that if i'm trying to play with point control and i'm going for provinces in order to cover that in that situation i need to be able to empty the provinces right and there's all kinds of different plans that can come into play here but the big thing to note is you need to have a plan you need to have identified here's all the ways they can try to outscore me and i have a plan for all of these ways right so um, this leads to another question sometimes which comes up which is do you contest what they're doing right and so okay and it depends a lot and this is something i see people mess up a lot too right especially with these big alternate vp strategies um whether or not you try to contest them on that versus just play your own game plan is a tricky question. It's an important question. And I think typically, well, the again, the rule of thumb is the more you've built, the longer you want the game to go. The longer we want the game to go typically means you don't contest your opponent. Typically, right? Um, but it, it does depend on the situation, right? how can your opponent score points how accessible is it to them to to be able to do something else um and how much does it slow you down to contest them uh versus your own game plan so let's take some examples here gardens typically if your opponent is trying to get gardens it could be a lot of different ways that they're trying to do it right one way might be they're trying to get uh, all the gardens really fast and engineer a three pile ending really fast and you haven't scored enough to catch up so the game is over and their gardens are enough points to win right you see this with an ironworks rush or especially now with groom rushes right they're going to score all these points off this gardens so are going to get their three piles empty really fast and boom the game's going to be over in this case you typically don't want to if you're if you're not mirroring them you typically don't want to contest. Why? Well, their game plan is about ending the game quickly and having a lead. If you contest, you're helping them end the game quickly because you're lowering those piles that, that's going to make the game end faster. Typically, it's not something you want to do in that case, right? Now, on the flip side, it could be that they're trying to 
have gardens that are just going to be worth a lot of points by the end of the game because they're going to just be uh, you know, adding a ton, a ton of cards to their deck. Well, in this case, do you want to contest them? Here, I still don't know. You still need to know more, right? And the question you need to answer in this case is, right, can they score in other ways, right? If they're just getting a bunch of talismans, like their deck is all talismans and then stuff they're getting extra copies of off the talismans, and they're going to buy gardens, then can they score other ways? Probably not, right? They might be able to take some estates or whatever. They might be able to score duchy here and there, but they're not going to be able to score a significant number of points other than with gardens. In this case, if you can take the gardens, uh, that denies them a huge amount of their points, and it makes it very awkward for them because they need to get a lot of talismans. The talismans don't work on gardens, so they need to be getting their other stuff. And when do they get the gardens? If they go to the gardens too fast, they can't end the game. They go to gardens too slow. You've contested them. You've gotten a couple of provinces and a few gardens. And, well, they haven't ever scored enough because they don't have any other way to score. On the flip side, if the way that they're getting their gardens to score a lot is, you know, they're drawing 30 cards a turn and they have 12 extra gains a turn and they can gain a lot of different things, then trying to deny them gardens probably won't really help because they'll just score some other way, right? So uh, you have to ask, right, does this really hurt my opponent? Is there something else they can pivot to or am I really cutting them off? And how much does it slow me down, right? So like if I get a gardens but it costs me a province, is that good for me? I don't know. Is, is the gardens really going to stop them that much? Maybe in some cases it does. Their gardens are worth nine points, whatever. Then great, you know, the gardens might be even more valuable than the province, even if it's only worth two for you. But in most cases, like, you know, if you green too early, that's going to slow you down. So, so whether you can test or not is a is a um, is a complicated question. Um, but it's an important part of playing with this points lead, leveraging the points lead, and having point uh, control. Um, so another way that this can come up is you have a big lead. Okay, so I've achieved a big lead, and now I need to be able to close the game out. My opponent hasn't started scoring yet, so I have a very large lead, right? I'm up four provinces or five provinces or something. They haven't, they haven't started scoring. And if you've done your checks, you know that they aren't probably planning on scoring most of their points via provinces. There's something else that they're going for, right? Um, is there a way you can cut them off then? Well, that might be worth going for. So some examples of this, right? Uh, wild Hunt. With Wild Hunt, right, they can score a ton, a ton, a ton of points if you're not contesting them on Wild Hunt because you were going for uh, getting provinces much sooner, they can score so many points if they just, you know, I'm going to play 10 Wild Hunts in this turn, and then I'm going to play 10 Wild Hunts next turn, and then I'm going to play 10 Wild Hunts next turn, and eventually I'm going to take an estate, and it's going to score me a lot of points, right? Or maybe you didn't let them get 10 because you realized that would be a disaster. So you you got one or two Wild Hunts, and they have most of them, So, but they can score eight points a turn just off their wild hunts or something, right? They play all of them for draw, and then the last one, they take the estate. Okay, well, if that's how they're coming back, I have six provinces, you have eight wild hunts. First of all, I'm going to take estate off my wild hunts, 
I'm going to be able to at least threaten it to try to keep them honest to make sure that they have to take the estate as much as they can. But also, I might start buying a state over duchy, possibly even over province if I have enough provinces already, although that's a little bit sketchy maybe. Um, but I'm, I would buy a state over province because in this case, how am I losing, right? How is my lead crumbling? It's because they're scoring wild hunt points. If I can cut them off from that, that might be a plan to make my lead insurmountable, right? I'm getting rid of your ability to outscore me. So that's something to keep in mind, right? Wild hunt is a way that this can be relevant. Similarly, triumph, right? I might triumph over getting a duchy, even though it's one fewer point, if my opponent's way to come back is by getting huge, huge triumph turns, right? I need to be able to limit the amount of that they can score off triumph. Conquest is a hard one, but it can sometimes fall into this case. Pretty rare, because like the reservoir of silvers is so large that in order to burn it down, um, it's it's like you have to take a lot of silvers. But sometimes it can come up like if you have treasure hunter or something, or if they're counting on treasure hunter to to fuel their conquests. Maybe you make sure you don't buy too much in a turn so that you're not powering up their treasure hunts too treasure hunters too much. So that's something, right? Sometimes you can, you know, get the silvers low enough that they can't conquest for enough points. It doesn't happen very much. I think I've had it come up once or twice, but that's something to be aware of, right? Um, so there's some of these where you can, you can, without hurting yourself too much, you can limit their potential, curtail their potential. Um, you already have your big lead, and so then you need to be able to cover your bases on what are the ways that they can overtake me. So that's something to keep in mind if you're trying to play with a lead like this. Contesting is also more complicated with, so we've talked about gardens. I want to talk about Duchy Duke. I love Duchy Duke. Um, do you want to contest duchies if you're not playing for Duchy Duke? Well, one, you might want a mirror. If you want a mirror, you definitely want to contest duchies. If you aren't mirroring, then, okay, well, what's your plan? How are you scoring points, right? Their plan for point control, if they're playing Duchy Duke, is probably I'm going to get all the duchies, and then I'm going to get dukes, and just like at no point are you going to outscore me. So one plan in order to beat that might be to join the provinces. Another plan might be to, in the long run, outscore things. Um, another plan might be, in some cases, to limit the amount they can do off of Duchy Dukes themselves and then outscore things. Well, if you're trying to limit what they can do off Duchy Dukes themselves, then contesting is good. But in almost all other cases, then contesting is bad. Now, in order for that contesting to work, uh, you need it to not slow you down too much to take a few duchies. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but similarly, right, if I'm the one who's going for duchy duke, I get five duchies and, or six duchies and my opponent contests a little bit. Now I have to think, right, well, maybe, how, how do I lose now? They're going to get too many provinces too fast. Um, I'm not going to be able to get enough duchies fast enough, right? Um, so something to keep in mind in Duchy Duke games a lot is after the duchies run, uh, it's not really a threat for my opponent to out... To, like, I have five duchies. My opponent's re not really likely to beat me by just taking six dukes against my two or something, right? It's more likely they're going to have to beat me by doing something else, like getting provinces. And if their plan is to get provinces, 
I might need to build enough in order to A, make sure I can take a lot of dukes fast enough, or B, be able to take a couple provinces myself and still take uh, quite a number of dukes. So something that can happen in these point control games is you go back and forth between greening and not, because, okay, you need to be able to, like I said, right, you need to be able to cover all of the plans that your opponent have in order to uh, try to come back. And if if you have one of them well covered, you don't necessarily need to keep pounding that plan, right? If I'm going for provinces and I have five provinces, maybe I don't need to keep getting all the provinces right away. Or if I have if I'm going for provinces and I have a three province lead, maybe I need to make sure I can get to eight provinces and I'm no longer worried about you racing to five faster than me, right? So maybe at that point I start to build a little bit more again. Um, and I don't necessarily want to be taking duchies. I want to be taking golds. It depends on what your opponent's doing. It depends on what plans they have available to them to outscore you. This is why it's so important to take stock of how are all the ways my opponents can score here and how accessible are they to them. It helps me determine, do I need to be worried right with my three provinces? Do I need to be more worried about you, you know, getting three provinces, four duchies in an estate more than me before I can get, you know, a couple more provinces or something? Or do I need to be worried about you're going to go for a big stack of bishop points and I need to be able to close out the game by ending provinces before you can do that? Or I need to be able to go into bishop points myself and, and cover you and still have this province lead while you're doing that, right? So it, it, it depends on what options are available to your opponent and you need to be able to cover them all. And maybe it was good for you to go for provinces early because otherwise your opponent is going to just be able to out-province you and out-flank you that way. But that doesn't necessarily mean you need to keep green and green and green and greening. It could be that, okay, they haven't really committed to their plan, of, to, to a similar plan of, I'm going to get so many provinces so fast. So now I need to adjust my plan. I'm not so worried about losing to that plan of scoring from you. Now I need to adjust to cover the plan of scoring that you are now adapted to with the way you've now built your deck in the meantime. So you need to watch what your opponent's doing and you need to adapt your game plan to that. Um, the other way, the last thing I want to talk about here, the other way that point control can come up is with not a big lead, with a very small lead sometimes. Now this comes up most often when gains are very, very limited. If gains are very, very limited, then if you have a very small lead, you can just try to just nurse that lead sometimes, right? Um, I have a two-point lead. I have two estates in exile. My opponent trashed them instead of exiling them. Whatever it is, right? I have a two-point lead. As long as I can match your point output all the time, I'm going to win. I'm always going to have the two-point lead. So if you know the only points available are a normal stack that's the same for both players in terms of how many points there are, right? Province is a stack like this. Duchy is a stack like this. Um, you know, tunnel is a stack like this, right? It's always worth two. It's always worth three. It's always worth six, whatever, right? Um, and it's just about if they go province, I need to be able to go province. If they go duchy, I need to be able to go duchy, etc., etc. If they keep building, you can keep building so that if they go province, you're able to go province, right? You should, if you can build in such a way that 
you're just always matching them, then you're kind of golden, right? If, if they turn for green, you turn for green to match them, and you're ahead. If they keep building, you keep building so that when they turn to green, you can match them, and you won't sputter out. Now, there usually comes a point where, right, if they keep building forever, and they've gained 12 golds, and you gain 12 golds, and they gain a 13th gold, you could probably switch for provinces, and, like, you're going to be fine, right? You're just like, well, I still have my two-point lead, but, you know, I can get four provinces, and there ain't no way that you're going to, um, you know, out-province me if we're capped at one gain a turn, right? Um, so, so that's one way it can come up. Typically, that's going to come up more often not in the we're getting 12 golds case because draws play a factor there. But, you know, your deck is under a huge amount of control and um, you could just, you know, draw your deck every turn very easily and that kind of thing, right? This might come up with, say, you're both going for a bishop golden deck, right? Where your whole deck is five cards or less. You're playing a bishop every turn. You're trashing some number of points every, you know, something every turn. You're rebuying it rinse and repeat, right? If I have two points ahead on you and we each have this bishop, same bishop golden deck set up, if you start buying golds to be able to trash golds, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to buy golds to trash golds. We're going to drain all the golds. I'm always going to be two points ahead of you. I'm fine. I don't want to necessarily switch to start getting provinces because, well, okay, if I can get a province and trash a province every turn, then that's just more points and I'm, I'm going to win anyway. But let's say, for whatever reason, I can't... Well, I'll put it this way. I don't want to start... What I don't want to do is start buying provinces and let go of the golden deck, because if we just each stay golden, I'm always two, the two points ahead of you. I'm always going to win, right? Um, another way that this has come up for me is with plunder. I We've each gotten a bunch of encampments and plunders. We each have pretty good deck control. I have three plunders, you have two plunders. Every turn, I'm going to score one more point than you just by playing my plunders. If you keep building to get more reliability in doing your stuff, I'm happy to keep building to get more reliability in doing my stuff. I'm gaining a point on you every turn. And, you know, if we keep doing this forever, I'm just getting further and further ahead and I'm going to win. Uh, In that case, you shouldn't keep building. You need to try to disrupt and you need to score with, like, provinces or something, right? Um, and then I'm going to follow you to do that, right? Because I don't want you to be getting six provinces and then I only get two and then I'm going to lose. Um, so I'm probably, I'm more likely to follow you on provinces because your way to win the game is to out-province me and end the game fast enough before the game is over. Um, I'm probably going to follow you if my deck is good enough and we're going to match each other. And, um, well, I, I, I have point control because... As well as you can province, I can province just that well, and I'm getting ahead. If you don't province, I'm not going to province, and I'm still getting ahead, right? So that's point control that way. Another way I've had this come up, again, it's almost always going to come up if there's limited gains. Uh, But another way I've had it come up is palace is the other alt VP on the board, right? You've got duchy, province, estate, curse, and you have palace. My opponent... I get a couple of provinces lead, a province or two lead, something like that, probably two, because one is, is not large enough. But I get a two-province lead. I could keep provincing, but my deck might fall apart. My opponent's only way to come back is to out-province me or to outscore me off of palace and 
duchy. In this case, if they keep building, I'm behooved, once I have my two province lead, probably to keep building, right? Continuing to build, maybe I already have five silvers, continuing to add gold instead of province scores me points as fast as you're scoring if you're not also provincing. And if you are also provincing, then I turn back to also provincing myself. But it scores points as fast as you are. It makes my deck better. And I'm just in control. If you go for province, I'm provinces ahead of you, and I can keep provincing. I'm good. If you don't province, I can score three points and make my deck better. I'm still good. There's no way for you to get ahead. And I just want to make sure that I keep a, a firm grasp on what I'm doing here so that I don't say overextend myself and I get, okay, now I have four provinces, but I can no longer buy gold very reliably. You've gotten several gold, so now you can get three provinces and you have four extra sets of palace points and your deck is better and now we're equal on points and your deck is better and I'm behind. That's what I want to not allow to happen. So only if you start to threaten to come back at me on provinces do I want to then meet that threat by going for provinces. But if I can maintain control by having a response to play against the length of game that you're trying to play, no matter which direction that is, then I'm good and I have point control. And let's just circle back to the beginning as the last point here. Why does that work and why is it important that it's limited gains? Because otherwise the person who's built bigger and has flexibility in scoring points is usually going to be able to say, okay, I'm just going to build generically and, oh, you're going for provinces? Well, I've built a lot and now I can go for this other source of points and just outscore you on it, and you're left floundering. You can't cover me because I've built more. I can get a full two sets of palace points every turn, and you just can't because you're just buying a gold. So I've built more. It lets me have access to this other source of points you just don't have access to. You can sometimes still play point control against somebody who's built more, but it's a lot harder, and the plan often has to be I'm going to empty these piles to end the game. Um, and these piles, most often in those cases, is the province pile. Occasionally it can be, well, in order to build this much more, they had to empty these two piles, and so I can go for this third pile or something instead. But usually it's going to be, I can drain eight provinces before you're going to catch up to me with whatever alternative source you're going for. So it behooves you to know all the alternative sources, how viable they are, how easy they are to obtain. Look at the board to figure out how easy they are to obtain there. Um, oh, I guess I guess one other example apropos of nothing. The cutting them off, maybe my favorite example of this is in dominate games. I have three dominates. My opponent has built so much big. Well, now I'm just going to double province instead of dominate, even though it's fewer points because it just cuts off their ability to dominate anymore. I'm lowering the province pile. I lost a game recently doing the same kind of thing, right? I'm like, well, I've got 25 coffers. I can double dominate here. Well, then my opponent just, like, got two normal provinces, and suddenly if I double dominate, the game's over and I haven't scored enough. There is no other way for me to score points. They won off point control there where I was too busy building forever. So anyway, all of these things uh, I look at in terms of trying to leverage your point lead. I call it point control. Got a lot of videos on my channel um, that talk about point control. 
search point control in the title. I have a playlist of control. Some of those are point control. Some of those are pile control. Some of those are deck control. Um, but uh, yeah, I have some videos with real games with examples. Hopefully my discussion here has not been too abstract. I do apologize that it's just me talking and blathering on for 40 minutes or whatever, how long it was. Um, hopefully Adam will get better soon. Really pulling for you, buddy. Um, and we can have a nice full episode with back and forth and more lively discussion. But um, in any case, I'm going to try to have less of a gap between this episode and the next than there was between the last episode and this one. But uh, hopefully you've enjoyed and uh, we'll catch you all again soon. Another episode of Making Luck. The Dominion.